the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions. It is me, Renee Paquette. I am currently inside the MGM Grand recording this intro as the crowd is dwindling down, but I'm doing a little pickup for the show we got to do live podcasts. What a hell of a time. Oh my God. I wish we got to do this all the time. It was so fun to get to see uh, all of my people from WWE, specifically this woman. She is the queen. She has done it all. She has been one of the absolute leaders of the women's evolution in WWE. Let's just get to it. Here's my girl, Charlotte Flair. tell you how good it is to see these familiar faces again. It's been a year. It's been almost a year since I've not been with WWE, so to get to see you today is a very big deal for me. I was hoping you were going to bring the little one. I had to keep her during the podcast. The baby is at home. I'll have to rush home after this to to immediately get back to her. But she's delicious. Just know that. She's the best. (laughs) The absolute best. There's lots happening in the world of wrestling these days. Yes. Plenty for us to be talking about, clearly. (laughs) How... Okay, let's not get the chance happening just yet. Number one doesn't talk about number two. Before we get into some of the Becky stuff, and I assure you we will be getting into some Becky talk, 100%. But I want to keep it in the family for now. What has the last month or so been like for you with everything that's gone on with, with your dad getting his release from WWE. He's showing up in multiple different uh, promotions. Uh, Andrade, he's at AEW, AAA. What has that been like for you to kind of see them go off and do their own thing right now? Just seeing Manny, like, so he was like, Mommy, Triple Mania is my WrestleMania. And to see him go back to Mexico and, like, be proud of himself and feel confident in himself and be the superstar that he is. And especially in his home country, I was just like, I'm not missing this for the world. So I actually took off two and a half months ago from live events. And if you know me, I haven't asked off for a live event in like five years. Actually, I've never asked off for a live event. Can confirm. Um, So I took off and I was like, no, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And then with my dad being gone, I asked him on Wednesday, I was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? He's like, nothing, honey, why? I'm like, you want to go to Mexico? He was like, for what? Cancun? Don't you have to work? <laughs> I'm like, no, dad, I'm not going to the beach. For that party. I'm like, it's, it's Manny versus Kenny. He's like, really? Yeah, I'd love to watch it with you. I'm like, no, dad, will you walk Manny to the ring? He was like, you want me to walk Manny to the ring? And I'm like, yes. He's like, Oh my God. Yes, honey, please. Like so excited. He's like, what color is Manny wearing? I'll get matching suits. I'm like, I don't know, dad. Can we just get you there first? But, um, when Manny asked me back in March, he felt deflated from not being on TV and what was happening. What should I do? He's like, tell me. And I'm like, I can't tell you what to do. And I can't beg you to stay, even though our life is together on the road because you'll resent me. You need to go spread your wings and do what you do. And if you want to come back, I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to support you. And it was the best thing for him. And my dad said yes to coming to Mexico. He wasn't able to get his white suit made in time. (laughs) But let me tell you a little story, though. 
So my dad met me in Pittsburgh to fly to Mexico, but all of his flights were delayed to get from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. So he rented a jet just to get to, to Pittsburgh. Yes, That's how much it meant to be by Manny and AAA. And it was just, it was so amazing. What was your reaction to some of the, the backlash that you were getting on Twitter from that? I actually thought people would be more like, wow, that's how much her relationship means to her. I'm like, surprised. That's not, like, I was actually like, people are like thinking that I'm ruining my career. Like part of my career is who I am in my real life. Yep. Part of my career is like Manny helping me and pushing me and supporting me and all these like different experiences in my life. Like that makes me grow as a performer. I don't know if you guys have seen, but I've grown, I think, in front of y'all over the years. Mm -hmm. So I just, I was really surprised and like, People aren't surprised about my dad. He's going to be chopping and figure fouring anywhere. But <laughs> yeah, just to see, like, my dad genuinely was like, you could see how proud he was to be out there with Manny. Like, that's how much Manny means to him. And I think my dad also knows, like, Manny's going to be the man who's going to take care of me when he's gone. And it's like a passing of a torch. Has their relationship always been like that? My dad's always respected him because he appreciates his work. <laughs> He's a good worker. Hell of a He's worker. a good worker, honey. Um, <laughs> I think I remember you telling me that your dad actually said uh, that when you guys actually, started Actually, you dating. guys, I met Manny on a European tour. I was going to ask this question, but damn, Wait. she's doing my work for me. Oh, so I met Manny on a European tour. And when we came back to the States, we had Raw that night. It was actually the Raw right before Survivor Series, but my dad happened to be at TV that night. I walk into Talent Relations and like Manny and I were like kind of knew each other, kind of didn't, but we had fun on tour. Um, oh, what does that mean? Can we elaborate? That means exactly what it means. We ate in catering, had a few drinks, got to know each other. Uh -huh. He taught me a little Spanish. You guys were using a, a phone translator. We used you, a phone you? translator. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, you're Hola, cute. Papi. Do you like me? <laughs> um, See, stars, you're just like us. When Manny walked into Talent Relations, I was sitting there and he walked in and I was like, oh, and like totally ignored him. And my dad's sitting there, but my dad gets right up and he's like, hey, hell of a match. <laughs> and so Manny texts me that night and he's like, hey, did you tell your dad that we're like friends? I'm like, no, he just watches. But it was like the most awkward moment. That's no, amazing. it grew over time. Yeah, it's cool to like, it's cool to see Rick. I mean, I don't think anyone in a million years would think that we would see Ric Flair walking down to the ring with Andrade and then attacking Kenny Omega. What world are we living in? But it, it is such a cool time in wrestling. And, you know, I think everyone wants to kind of pick at things and make it seem like uh, everyone's against everyone else. But it's not. It's, it's everyone kind of rooting for everyone to succeed to a certain degree. Wouldn't you, do you agree? Competition breeds competition. If there's no one out there to go up against, it's kind of like, what are we fighting for? No, you want to fight to be number one. So to me, like, the better they do, the better we do. The better we do, the better they do. That's what it is. Everyone watch I mean, all of the I mean, that's how it is in the ring. Like... No one should want anybody to fail. No one should talk down. I mean, every company's different, but to me, like, I'm still going to say we are the best women's division and there's only one queen in wrestling. So I challenge anybody else in the world, if you think you're better, try me. It's, it, it goes. Um, on that note, is there anybody from any other promotion that you've seen that you would like to step into the, the WWE women's division? Oh... Oh. 
The people have spoken. The people have spoken. <laughs> okay, Britt Baker, loud and proud out here. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but it is such a cool time. It's fun to, yep. to watch everything that's happening in wrestling right now. Lots are happening. Uh, you spoke about your confidence in growing in front of everybody. How do you do that? How do you grow in front of such a, a large audience from, from when you started at NXT, coming in as Ric Flair's daughter, to where you are now? I mean, on a personal level, I can see it in you here. I see it in you on your Instagram posts, through Twitter. Like, I can just tell that you're in a good spot right now. Growing up, I played volleyball and sports, but there was nothing that I was, like, super passionate about. There wasn't something that I was like, oh, I've got to do this or I dream of doing this. Like it was always my brothers that wanted to be in the business, right? When I found wrestling in 2012, for so long, I was like, do I fit in? Do I not fit in? I'm Ric Flair's daughter. I'm good at sports. I've always felt kind of awkward. Yes, I'm polished now, but it took me till I was 35. But it's hard to do that, to become like, polished on a gigantic like, stage is no, oh, no easy but task. so many people think because I'm Rick's daughter, like I had the same lifestyle. Like, yes, I did not go without, mm -hmm. but having a dream changes your life. Having something that you think about every second, every minute, every hour, every day that you want to get better at, you as a person grow with that. And that's what happened. When I joined NXT, I went from like being scared of public speaking and like shy and not even like my purpose to just okay, so I fit in with these kids. They like me. I'm athletic. And then getting an NXT. Okay, this is what it's like wearing makeup <laughs> and like getting your hair done and like figuring out, okay, that makeup doesn't work. That does. Yeah. And then just growing with it, like enjoying the process and, and not just focusing on one thing, focusing on all aspects, whether it's media, whether it's presentation, whether it's, I just, I never want to stop growing. Cause I just felt like I started so late in life. I was 27 when I started wrestling and to think like Rhea Ripley's what? 23. She, she, yeah, she's like, a babe. I can't imagine having my life figured out then. No, 100%. No, who really does? Mind. And I keep saying, I've said this a few times on the show, but I feel like not just men, but women in particular, I think we really hit our stride in our mid 30s. I think so. Yeah. Like, like I, this, this is funny. And I know like the guys out here won't get it, but the women will. I didn't wear a crop top till I was 34. I'm with I'm you. Like, I'm like, I'm like, go, I'm aging backwards. Okay. <laughs> I'm like living my twenties now. So I thought the same thing when I was getting like, ready today. I just had a baby like nine, 10 weeks ago. I'm like, I should wear a crop top today. What the fuck? Yes, like, <laughs> yes you should. Your confidence goes in a different way. So I feel good about it. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm like, wait, like, I know I can dwell on the past and wish I had things figured out, but at the same time, I wouldn't be the performer and the person I am today, but just every day I just. And growing up in front of you guys, like, I want to be better for you. And I know the stigma that comes along with my last name. But one day I want to go down as not Ric Flair's daughter. Like, it says on my graphic, I want to go down as one of the greatest of all time. Hell and yes. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't take for granted all the opportunities. I mean, yes, I've main evented Mania. I've main evented Raw. I've main evented SmackDown. But to me, I'm like, I didn't come this far to come this far. And even like when I came back after WrestleMania and I came up with the opportunity promo, I'm like, oh no, I'm here to stay. <laughs> I want more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, men want more. Why can't the women? You should always want more, and you should keep wanting to put more on your plate and keep expanding that. I mean, that's what we're here to do, to keep yeah. growing. And we're talking about, you know, looking at the women's division and where it started to where it's at now. Yeah, you need people like you to keep wanting more in order for everybody to grow to, within yep. that division. One person grows, we all grow. Yeah. The body confidence. Um, I mean, we've seen your body through so many different versions, and yep. like, damn, girl. What's going on? Um, what, is, what is like the what? What do you, what do we do here? You're always in the gym. I know that it seems to me like you are always figuring out what works for your body and whatnot. But I also see that you and Manny are throwing back some tequila and some salsa and enjoying life as you maybe should. a little too much during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, it was. Um, I've always loved the gym, but I never had the diet part down. Like, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I really didn't. And Manny actually had been involved with bodybuilding when he was, like, super young. So I met with his nutritionist, and obviously this is all through translation as well. <laughs> My diets come in um, Spanish, and I always have to, like, Google translate. Like, what's Nepal? Oh, yeah, it's cactus. <laughs> um, no, I just switched up my diet, and I really followed a plan and moderation, so instead of... I wish we had like, margaritas now. Is I know. I'm like, a, where's my red glass of wine? Is that a thing that we can make happen? We're no. in Las Vegas. Can we have like one of those meter long drinks? Let's party. Uh, Let's do, Michelada, I think Brittany's please. running off to grab a cocktail. My girl. Just following a diet and then like learning like it's okay to have a glass of wine at night. Yeah. I think I always was like so, so strict that I would take it so far like... I'd eat like three days of pizza and ice cream like every day. And then like, oh, wait, did I just do that? No, I have to diet for live events. It was just like a roller coaster. And now I feel like I'm just on a system do you, that do works. Do you still train with Apollo's wife? Not as much anymore uh, with the two little ones because of our schedules. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hard, but mostly with Manny. Um, and that really is what works. I joke about this, but I really like, I substituted my potatoes for tortillas and my broccoli for cactus. So that's all it takes. That's, that's all it takes, guys. That sounds great to me. Former MMA champion Tyron Woodley enters the boxing ring this Sunday to take on YouTuber turned boxer Jake Paul. And FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers exclusive 30 to 1 odds on either fighter to win. That's right. Now is a perfect time to give FanDuel a shot because you can win $150 on a $5 bet. FanDuel's always hooking you up with exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more. That's why they're America's number one sports book. So don't miss out on your chance to win $150 on a $5 bet on either fighter to win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code Renee to get in on the action. That's promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey, Virginia, and Colorado. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Um, okay, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Somebody had alluded to it of um, the flipping off at Money in the Bank. What happened? Where did this come from? Because me just watching at home, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Why did my TV just go black for a second? What happened? Pray tell. Well, for like a moment, I walked out, like after the match, I was like, walk into the grill and I was like, oh, yeah, I gave them the bird. 
Am I going like to get in trouble? An aggressive bird. Yeah, because they pissed me off. Yeah. It really pissed me off. You guys asked for it. Well, hear me out. Because I'm like, I've got Rhea Ripley. First big pay-per-view with me. And I get it. Everyone's excited to have Becky back. I'm excited to have Becky back. But you guys went from chanting Becky to this is awesome. If you know what I'm capable of, show the respect up front. I don't know. I just for like, I'm usually so like cookie cutter and black and white and happy Monday, happy Tuesday. But in that moment, I just felt it because I just was like, let me steal the show with Rhea Ripley because I know she's that good. Why do you Like, think- don't disrespect her. Like, I'm used to it. Like, I can take the beating. But why do you think that continually happens to you? Because, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, I think every time you go out there, whether it's a promo yep. or it's a match, you crush it. But for some reason, people want to revolt and be against you. What's up with that? I really think it's our chemistry. I really think what her and I did with each other from evolution to her turning on me to all the way getting to the main event, I think they just know that's the only way to attack Charlotte Flair. I don't know how else you're going to attack me. What is the status of your relationship with Becky now? I mean, you guys were super tight for a really long time. Where are you guys at now? I, don't I know, know there's a crowd here, but like between, I mean, I can't say between you and I we're on a mic and this is going to go out to a bunch of people, but like, I, I've always been kind of curious, like genuinely as somebody that knows both of you, yep. what the deal is with your guys' relationship now. She's a mom. Yeah. And she's so happy. And to see the career that she had, or not, I mean, has, but the ride that she had, and then to go off and have a baby and be able, like for me to see that on the outside, like I'm looking at it going, okay, you can have it all. You can do it all. You can be a mom. You can main event. You still can come back. Like to me, I'm just looking at, Beck's going, that's inspiration and goals for me. Like if I ever do want to step away and when I want to step away to have little manis. Oh my God. Do you imagine those athletes? Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean that to me, like that's our relationship. Like it's, there's just so much respect there Mm -hmm. because I know what it takes to be in her spot and she knows what it takes to be in my spot. So no, are we driving around calling each other Thelma and Louise and eating omelets anymore? No. What happened? But we both have grown up. What happened for you guys to not really be in that position anymore, to be I, that tight? Honestly, I don't think anything happened. I really think that her and I depended so much on each other as best friends. And, like, it was easy. Like, she was my ride or die, my go-to, and, like, just needed to happen. Like, I met Manny. She met Seth. Her career took off. I always say the fans booing me through all of that when I was supposed to be the good guy is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a performer because it really, like, I think now I'm like, man, had I given, like, why was I so, like, cheer me, I'm the good guy. Like, no, be Charlotte Flair, be unapologetic. Like, don't be sorry that you're that good. And at that time, I was like, no, cheer me. Like, yeah, you're right, you like Becky, but I'm supposed to be good. Like, I was, like, almost, like, pandering for them to, like, like me instead of, like, going out there and being the Ferrari, like... It took me to where, like, and I've never really said this, I don't think, but when I wrestled Ronda, I was like, well, this sucks. There's a three-day build. I'm wrestling Ronda Rousey. This isn't supposed to happen. I know how good I am. So what do I have to do? Show the world how good I am. And I did that. Why do you think So I just go, had I felt that confidence during that feud against her, I think how the fans had viewed me, they would have seen that badass that beat Ronda to hell with a kendo stick. 
with Becky, but instead they saw this girl that was like, no, you like me, right? Like, why did I care so much? Why, why do you think you cared so much? How did it, like, just even get to a place of having that confidence? Have you always been like that, of kind of wanting to be a bit of a people pleaser? Yes, always. And then, like, there's always still the chip on my shoulder. Like, even at ESPN, when they put Ric Flair's daughter at WrestleMania 35, it was Ronda, me, and Becky. Bex had, um, she had Royal Rumble winner, SmackDown champion, or no, I don't think she was Royal Rumble. Ronda had many accolades, and then they go to me and they go, "Ric Flair's daughter." Come on, producer. I was just like, shit together. Producer, like, I was like, it's definitely a fan that doesn't like me working in that room. <laughs> but I think it was just always like, no, guys, like, accept me, accept me, accept me. And now I'm like, I'm Ric Flair's daughter, and I'm that good, so I don't care. How much has that helped with? Uh, and your- I like sometimes I have to tell myself that. I like, bet that's like. It's it's so much all the time where like I think of the people that really do care mm-hmm. like they get like I just didn't get it then and now I get it that it's fun whether they're booing or cheering they're reacting for somebody that uh, you said that you didn't like public speaking you struggled with that now you are one hell of a promo what was that journey for you to be able because you go out and cut long oh I like, worked on it powerful promos who works with you on that <laughs> um. I mean, I've had acting classes before, but I always, like, for me, the promos, the problem was I always got in my head where I was like, I have to say everything word for word. And if, like, the sentence didn't come out right, I wouldn't, like, under, like, I'm like, no, it's okay to take a pause. Like, you, it's okay to talk like a human. It's okay not to be robotic and kind of feel it, like, you know, know what the story is and say it. And I really just had to tell myself, like, if I mess up, it's okay. Mm-hmm you're human people mess up and like once I started like accepting that that's when like the promos started to like come and then like like I said the more confident I got like believe it I've done all this but I'm still more confident this year than I was last year even or I guess before COVID it's just feeling it like I was always so scared to like oh wait can I say that can I not no, it doesn't matter. Say it. Like, yeah. it's, it's just go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, for people that don't understand, like, if you get a script for a promo and trying to memorize every single line, like, that yeah. can be a really daunting and task. And you get so in it. your head, trying to wrap your yeah. head around what oh, beats to hit. typing it out for me works really okay. well. Like, yeah. and, I, memor- and I, I memorize in sections, and I really do try to take bits and pieces and believe in what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the bad guy that justifies themselves, right? That's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Find a reason to make it matter. Get yes. these people all on board. Like, Nikki still stole my title, guys. She stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll have to come back. Maybe. Where is she? Is she, like, going to fly in on me? Uh, who do you still want to work with? Who's on your list of people that you would love to get in the ring with? I've never had a program with Naomi. Oh, my. What? How is that possible? How is that possible? No, I've never had a program with Naomi. Um, I'd love to work her. Uh, obviously, I've never had a long thing with Shayna or Nia. Uh, oh, you guys want NXT or Raw or whatever you want? Yeah, anyone that I haven't worked. Any promotion, but, anything but like anyone. Any um. So I actually had a match with now. Bianca in NXT. 
But Bianca for sure. Yeah. I mean, just more the merrier. Bring them all. Keep it coming. Keep yeah. them all rolling on in. Uh, okay, so you have a Bachelor of Science in Public Relations. Has that, has that helped you at all in your career? You know I paid attention in all my classes, Renee. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, no, I like, I, li- I, love, I like. I love, like, that's one of my favorite things, like, looking at people that I know before I interview. I'm like, oh, you went to school and, like, have a degree in something? And I didn't do any of that. communications. Yeah, it's impressive. Actually, you really want to know something funny? My first semester at Appalachian State, I took creative writing. Oh. And I really liked it. But now I'm like, do I even know how to write a sentence? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, nobody has to, I don't to, know. Yeah. I just... No, I, but public relations, I always enjoyed, so Sex in the City, my favorite character. You want to be a Carrie Bradshaw? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that or, I mean, Carrie was my favorite character, but I was like, oh, Samantha, like, her job just looks so lavish. Like, I mean, your job looks pretty lavish, too. No, I'm like, I took the right path. You you got it. You've got a pretty good gig, I would say. Uh, Speaking of writing, in your uh, your book that you had uh, with your dad, your joint book, uh, Second Nature, you talked a lot about um, some of the domestic abuse that you went through. What was that like for you to, just to go through something like that, but then to pull yourself out of it and get yourself back on the path that you're on now? Oh, man. Um, That was a hard right turn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... Was it hard for you to write about that stuff? I think I, like, so I, I, think I put it? it in a drawer mm-hmm. and just forgot about it. But I think, like, you have to believe in yourself. You have to value yourself. And where I was in my 20s, like I said, I didn't have a vision. I didn't know who I was. And, like, my parents had divorced right out of high school. And when my dad moved out, and I went to college and then I quit volleyball. Like I lost who I was like quitting volleyball and not having a team and a coach. Like I was like, I'm nothing. And finding wrestling, believe it or not, like people really don't understand. Like if you could see who I was before 2012, I was like scared of my own shadow yeah. and that self doubt, like to know that I found wrestling because of Reed, my brother and just running away from Charlotte. It's like, damn, you really can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I went from being scared of my own shadow to main eventing WrestleMania with never having this as my dream. That's just to anybody. Like, you don't have to stay where you are in life. Change the path. Change the course. I did that at 27. Was there a, a moment that the light bulb kind of went off that you were like, I need to take control of my own life here? I don't know, like not playing sports anymore really took a toll on me and like quitting volleyball. I'm like, man, how do you quit the one thing you love? Why did you quit? For a boy. That and then like my mom and dad being separated. Like, yes, my dad is Ric Flair, but like he was very much dad. Like he took Reed and I everywhere. Like my older siblings, a different story, but like not having dad there, like that was not normal. Yeah. And then like, him being with another woman and living at a college that you don't go to and like knowing you're good at a sport and like not really fitting in. Like I didn't feel like I fit in, like just takes a toll on you. And then when I moved back to Charlotte, I started personal training. Mind you, I wasn't a good trainer. I was just really good at like (laughs) motivating the clients. Mm -hmm. I worked with all these executives in Charlotte that were older that had these good jobs and like were paying this like young girl to train them and I just listened to them and how they got started and they motive I was like I just fell in love with my job and like started working almost 
nine hours a day, like every day, Oof. just training. And I just listened to them. And when this wrestling opportunity from Johnny Laurinaitis came up at dinner, you're gonna why do, aren't you you're in the gonna business, do kid? Johnny Ace, not in a Johnny Ace voice? I don't think that's been done before. I can't, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, kid? Hey, kid. Hey, kid. But it was just to motivate Reed, like piss off Reed. So when I went back and I started telling the clients, they were like, yo, you got to do this yeah. as well as my little brother. So that's when things started to like, maybe I will move to Florida. It's fun when you're at that point in your life, though, when you can do that. You pick up a U-Haul and you can feel a change so happening in your life. But but was what? it like a good scared? I was like, what am I doing? You were, well, you were completely by yourself. My husband at the time, we moved down there. He didn't. But I'm like in a U-Haul and then I'm in this like... You know those dingy Camden apartments? Oh, yeah. Moved right in there in a studio and was like, what am I doing? I, I, I have no friends. What was your first day like walking in there and, and meeting everybody? Like, how'd that all go? So Norman Smiley is like what so dear to me, like one of my first coaches. And they handed me a piece of paper to write down like my name, where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote down, I think, like, my dad's a wrestler or, like, something. But they thought I meant it as, like, Don Ric Flair's kid. Like, <laughs> okay. they didn't know how to take it from me. But, like, Dusty kind of took me aside because he was still there. And he's like, baby, it's going to be hard. But I love you and I'll take care of you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. He's like, just work hard. So, I mean, this was just what I did. I was like, okay, they're going to hate me the first two or three weeks. And did then... everybody hate you the first bit? I just don't think they knew what to think of me. Like, here I am showing up. I think Dean was there. Yeah. Too. Yeah, it was about the same time. Yeah. I just, he was rude, I swear to God. No, he wasn't rude. All right. I didn't know the etiquette of our business, of what makes it special. And everyone probably thought it, that they you would have known. that I knew the yeah. etiquette. And they thought you were So I was like, people were getting mad at me, but I'm like, I did not, like, someone shook my hand really softly. Uh-huh. And I thought they were being rude <laughs> to me, but really it's just <laughs> part of the, like, etiquette. <laughs> Like, what's with this dead fish? Like, I'm like, are they like disrespecting me? Yeah. Like, give me a firm handshake, but that's not how it goes. But once they saw me work extremely hard and they saw how athletic I was, they kind of like accepted me and took me in. You bust your ass at everything that you do. So I couldn't imagine somebody just thinking that you think you're just along for the ride or that you're just going to. But it's not, it's not even that. People work so hard to get into this company. Yeah. And like, I've never denied that. Yes, it was very easy for me to get in. But when I started, there was no woos. There was no last name. I could not do anything like my dad. And people didn't know this. But when I started at FCW, not even a year in was when Reed died. And then my dad and mom just like crumbled. If anyone knew those two years, they were the darkest two years of like my family's life after my brother died. So like getting through that there and like just engulfing myself into learning and following like it was with um, me, Sasha and Emma and Paige. There's other girls that aren't there, but still like that was the girls that I was learning from. And then Bailey came in later. Becky came in when we moved into the PC. Like that was the group. What do you think life would have been like had you not been in that path already during the time that Reed passed away? For you to have something to focus on. and uh, I don't know. Like I always say, I spent so much time trying to save his life. Ultimately, he saved mine. Oh, <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect oh timing. God. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody subscribe to the Volume Podcast Network because they keep the cocktails flowing, baby. (laughs) 
Delish. Thanks, guys. Um, okay, so everything that you've accomplished, um, from everything at NXT, uh, main eventing Raw, SmackDown, WrestleMania, to SummerSlam, everything you've been able to do, what do you want to see or what do you think still needs to happen for women's wrestling? When we came back from COVID and we had audiences in Raw, I might have a sip too. Why didn't we have these like an hour ago? This would have been great. Um, my storyline and the ladies main evented Raw four weeks in a row. So I don't necessarily think that we get the opportunity. It's when there are those fire storylines is when people are engaged. Like if the storyline's not there, it's more about just pushing the envelope with that because we get up. I mean, there's multiple storylines on Raw with the women. There's multiple stories going on. It's just sometimes more stories mean more. And I always believe the best stories should be the center focus or the main event. And unless you find that story, then it is what it is. Absolutely. You know, it's like that in the men's division as well. It's like there's the key storylines and there's the other ones that just maybe aren't quite there. And that's okay. You got to throw stuff against the wall and see what's going to work and then keep building and go from there. Yeah. What other things do you want to do with your career? I know that you've dabbled in some acting here and there. You've done a couple things. What else do you want to do? You're still so young. You've got so much time ahead of you. What are some bucket list things that you've got that you want to knock off? I really want to be a super villain in a big movie. For so long, I was just so dedicated to my in the ring persona. But now I'm like... Okay, what can I do in both? That's what I'm like trying to figure out now. I'm like, what's what's it look like in three years? Like, I will say this: I do love producing. Like, oh. uh, like I love putting together matches and helping the girls. Like, I don't necessarily know all the moves in the world, but I love like helping girls with presentation and like those like the little things really do matter. Absolutely. Um, Who have you been working with on that, on some of that stuff? Manny, really. Oh, like, great. Someone who's wrestled all over the world can do it all, but, like, the little things, I mean, he doesn't need help in the ring, but, like, there's so much more than to being a wrestler. It's the full package, right? So, like, with media with him, like, things like that. I hope I'm helping Rhea. She hasn't said, but, like, I really do believe that she's got what it takes to be, she's the full package. Yep. Absolutely. But it, it just letting reminding her that it doesn't stop in the inside and the outside and little things like if someone had just looked at me and said, know who you are. That wasn't my dad. Like if a woman had looked at me across the ring and said, know who you are, kick my ass, be the champion you are. It's like, Give come me on, that. like show me Rhea that you're the champion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like little things like that. Like I can't grab a headlock. <laughs> Okay. Grab a hold. Grab a hold. But I think a lot of it is confidence building and being the best version of yourself and trying to find that sweet spot. Because like you said, it's not easy to do. Never getting complacent. She's so young, not getting complacent, finding what, it's just, it's growing. As we've said, you know, just about the women's division in general, finding ways to grow and make things bigger and better. And it is all the small stuff. That's, that's what separates the stars from the superstars. Like I really like when, when I came back from, COVID and missing WrestleMania, I really said the one thing I need to get better at is my promos. Like, I didn't think they were terrible. I didn't think they were great. I just thought they were whatever, but I wanted to like show improvement, always trying to show improvement, I think is what matters and keeps people engaged. Do you have a favorite promo that you've done so far? Cause you've done some like you've opportunity really... promo. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get into more acting, some producing. You mentioned something like in the next three years. So is that kind of what you're looking at for uh, for the duration of your career at this point? No, I don't want to be like my dad and be like 45 and still, <laughs> I'm never going to retire. Take those chops. I don't know. Um, I don't have a timeline. 
Because I feel like this is what I'm angry about. Not angry. I just think too much about it. I'm like, had I known now what I knew in 2015, like I want to go back and just redo so many feuds. Like if I could redo Flair vs. Boss, like and be the performer then that I am now. Hey, and there's no, still time, girlfriend. No, I know. So like I, there's no time limit for me. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, this has to be done. Like I feel like I'm only getting better with age, with look, like everything's just clicking now. Yeah. So I don't know. Everything's firing all cylinders right now, yeah. but, but it is cool. It's like you're in a great relationship. Your career is exactly where it's supposed to be constantly on the ascent. And you said you looked to Becky. I mean, seeing her kind of be able to do it all. It feels impossible sometimes as a woman to feel like you're not going to be able to do it all. And that there is this limit on you or especially a time limit or that maybe we just put on away. our own. Yes, it's it's very hard. I mean, even for me, when I yeah. left WWE, that was not an easy decision to come to. But it was a thing that I wanted to do. And literally two weeks after I left, I got knocked up real quick. So be on the lookout Too for that. Too much girlfriend. free time. <laughs> COVID babies, everybody. Highly recommend them. Um, okay, so what else do you have that you want to do? Anything else that you want to knock off? So I'm a foodie at heart. Ooh. Like I keep saying I want to open a restaurant, but Manny's like, when are we going to have time to open a you can delegate duties around, though. Um, I love sangria. I'm like, oh, I'd love to have my own sangria. Okay. I don't know. Like, that's like what I'm trying to, like, what do I like? What do I not? Yeah. Uh, things like that. I, I really don't know. How important is it for you to pass the 16-time championships? Is it important to you to do that? Do you want to do that? I think I want to. I don't know. Hey, be that bitch and ask for it. Do it. No, because I don't know. Take it. Because I don't know what it means. Like, if I surpass, like, are then they going to say it's Charlotte's dad? (laughs) Like, maybe it's a step in the right direction. But if it's a thing that you want, I mean, as you've just been saying, you just, you got to go for the things that you want. You got to, you got to step up. Yes. I'm going to be the 16 time champion one day. 17 times. 17 times. 17 times. Cena better not beat me before. (laughs) Damn right. Thanks to Charlotte for joining me on Oral Sessions. I could pick that woman's brain forever. It's so cool to see her journey from when I first met her at NXT to the woman that she is now. And obviously so happy and uh, just going strong in her career right now. This woman's star is just constantly on the ascent. And I just sit back in admiration to watch how she does her thing. So thanks to Charlotte for joining me on this episode. And this has been Oral Sessions. Talk to you guys next time.